Good morning, church. Welcome. My name is Ashley Wentz. I'm one of the pastors here. It's so good to be worshiping with all of you this morning. It's a beautiful day out there. We're really rocking in here, too. We are wrapping up our sermon series, God's Electric Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, uh, this group of letters that Paul has written to some early churches. And so we wrap that up today with Paul's letter to the Colossian church. Now, as you came in, you might have noticed like some interesting things behind you uh, in that gathering space. We are going to do something a slight bit different uh, toward the end of worship today. Now, if any of you just started squirming in your seat because I said we're doing something different, I promise it's going to be okay. I will give you very specific instructions so you're not surprised. You know exactly what to expect. And Paul will help inform us uh, of why we're doing that something different. So if you will, open your Bibles with me to Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to let Paul preach to us today. I'm simply going to use what Paul has already written to walk us through his letter to the Colossian church because it's a pretty powerful, very short little letter that doesn't take a ton of explaining, of course, all of these letters are written to specific churches in specific areas with specific issues that each church was facing. Uh, so I'll walk you through a couple of those things. But Paul's main point, it's all about Jesus. If you didn't know that by now, everything we read is all about Jesus. And so Paul doesn't want the early church to miss that. So he begins, like I said, I'm going to let Paul preach. So if you really have a Bible or a Bible app, you probably want to open it because this is going to be really text-heavy. I'll put some of the main verses on the screen, but it might be helpful to follow along. So right at the beginning of Colossians chapter 1, uh, this is a formal letter of friendship. And so in Paul's day, there were ways that you wrote letters, and Paul's letter to the Colossians follows that formal structure. So there's a greeting at the beginning. Paul says, we're writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. Right away by verse 9, he says, We have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Paul begins this letter with prayer. He goes on to say, We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. Paul is going to end this letter with prayer, and that will inform what we are going to do for the remainder of our time together. But in between, Paul has a very important message for this church. Again, it's all about Jesus. So right away in chapter one, he has what we might call a Christ hymn or a poem, and it begins this way. God is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Paul is painting Jesus as the creator of the entire world, above all things, beyond our worldly understanding. And he repeats this in verse 17. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also head of the church, which is his body we are part of that church. And so Christ, the creator of all things, is above and over all of us. And it gets even better. He says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth 
by means of Christ's blood on the cross. He's using kind of poetic language and repetition to tell us who Jesus is. Uh, When we state the Apostles' Creed, uh, we believe in God the Father Almighty. All we say about God is creator of heaven and earth. Then we say, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord, who was conceived. There's a ton of stuff about Jesus. Paul, very quickly, is what we would call the Apostles' Creed. It's kind of mushing it together to tell us who Jesus is, how Jesus and God are really the same being. And Jesus has done the work for us to be reconciled to God. So why does this matter for us? Why did this matter to the church in Colossae? Well, he tells us, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. I think we don't like to think that this is actually us. This is the church in Colossae, right? Well, we've all been separated from God because we live in a fallen, broken, imperfect world. The definition of sin literally is missing the mark. If you think about like a target and a bullseye in the middle, sin is not hitting the bullseye. And we miss that mark all the time, sometimes on purpose when we take matters into our own hands or step off the path that God has called us to. Sometimes by accident, we don't even know we've missed the mark or what God has called us to. And so this includes us who have been far away from God. We were his enemies separated from him by our evil thoughts and actions. Here's the best news. It's the next verse. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, these transition words are really important. These are really important in the original Greek. Here's all this stuff. And as a result, now this is what it means for you. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. This is all in chapter one. Paul's kind of a heavy hitter. That's really good news for us. This is who Jesus is. We've been separated from God. Oh, and by the way, because of who Jesus is, we are holy and blameless as we stand before him without a single fault. So Paul's gonna go on to talk about what it looks like to live in this freedom. Uh, In this church specifically, this was like a very hodgepodge group of believers. Lots of different backgrounds and social strata colliding in in the city of Colossae. There's a lot of pagan rituals uh, that had impacted a lot of these people. One of those is called ascetism, um, bodily discipline. Like if I could discipline my body to do certain things, that would gain me uh, status or whatever it was that they were working toward. And so that was one of the beliefs that had creeped into the Colossian church. Uh, Paul, so you heard in our scripture reading, Paul says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. That's a direct quote almost of what he just told us in the Christ hymn. You are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So he says, don't live in worldly wisdom or the worldly thinking. This is a theme in Paul. If you've been reading his letters along with us, Paul will always elevate godly wisdom, godly authority, who Jesus is above all else. And so he says, this this gives us a new life. 
For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted in the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. We were buried with Christ when we were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life. We all have a new life in Christ as believers, as followers. Uh, after the 11 o'clock service today, we are headed out to Oak Grove Beach at Sailorville to do full immersion baptisms. It's a beautiful sight watching people be made new or affirming that they are taking part in God's family, that they have been made new. We've all been made new because we trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So Paul will spend the last chapter and a half or so explaining what this new life looks like. He says, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Christ is all that matters, church. Don't miss this. Jesus is everything. Paul structures his letters to communicate this. Christ is all that matters. And he comes right out in Colossians and says it. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. And so we live this out. And Paul talks about what it looks like to live this out. He says, as people united in this body who uplifts Christ above all else, we make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends us. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which, point, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Doesn't that sound beautiful? It's Paul's instruction to this church. It's his instruction to us too. He says, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. You were all just doing that a little bit ago. I was watching. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. This is what a new life in Christ looks like. The title of this message is called Give Me Jesus. Give me more of this. This is Jesus working in and through us. When we know Christ's identity, when we understand who God is and what he has done for us, how Paul starts the letter, then we can understand what our new life in Christ looks like, what that means for us, and how it flows in and through us. Paul's masterful at writing these things down, and it's short and sweet and right to the point. He says, this is the new life, church. It's amazing. As he ends this letter, he says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too. He asks for prayer in their ministries. So he kind of bookends his letter beginning and ending with prayer because if we're going to get more Jesus, if we want more Jesus in our life, if we want to live this out and embrace the new life that we have in Christ, then we have to know Jesus. And one of the ways that we get to know God deeper and more intimately, certainly through reading scripture, but it's by spending time with him. It's by creating space to encounter God and interact with him. And I don't know about you, but our fall schedules get really busy. We start, the, like there's a new rhythm that happens in the fall. There's a new rhythm in the church calendar that also happens in the fall. So we relate too. 
but we start to get busy, and it seems harder and harder to create space for Jesus. And so we thought, why don't we give you space to hang out with Jesus today? You're already here. So that's what we're going to do for the remainder of our time together. We're going to give you space to hang out with God, to communicate with him. And we're going to help you do that. I know it's uncomfortable to do different stuff at church. You come in and you expect a very certain order of service. And we like to give you that certain order of service. And every now and again, it's really good for us to mix it up because we don't grow in our comfort zones. If church has gotten comfortable, this is a really good shift. It's where we grow.